Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome. Welcome to the Trampoline Hall podcast. I am your host and my name is Misha Globerman. Trampoline Hall is a lecture series that takes place in a bar. Uh, people give lectures on all kinds of different subjects, with the one restriction being that they cannot lecture on subjects on which they are professionally expert. After each lecture, we take questions from the audience. Uh, the podcast sometimes contains mature language, and this episode may be no exception to that rule. Uh, the topic is backyard chickens, and the lecturer is Sarah Trelevin. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so I have something to show you. I'm talking about backyard chickens, and uh, I hope you can see it in the back. I kind of forgot how big this room was. Can you see this? Can you see that it's a chicken? Okay. <laughs> good. Uh, so far, so good. Um, so this is a chicken, but this isn't just any chicken. This chicken actually lives in my backyard. Oh. <laughs> um, and I don't know if you can tell from the picture. I think it might be... Um, Sort of like, you know, sometimes you see a picture of, like, Stalin, and you're like, oh, he looks nice. But it's sort of the same thing with this chicken. This, the chicken's an asshole. Um, this chicken has lived in my backyard for a long time, and I often go down to the garden and feed this chicken carrot tops and occasionally a piece of chocolate cake. And without fail, the chicken always tries to peck at my hands and forearms. Uh, so I hate the chicken, even though it now lives with me, and I do feel responsible for it. But I actually should love the chicken, and should probably love all chickens, because I have a bit of a story for you, which is a bit meat-cute, but I met my boyfriend because of a dead chicken. Um, it was a couple summers ago, and uh, my friend Craig said, my friend Jamie is going to kill and eat one of his chickens. Do you want to come? And I said, yes. And I think it's one of those questions you don't really know the answer until somebody asks it. But it turns out it was yes. And so I went, and after watching an instructional video on YouTube, Jamie killed a chicken, and we ate it, and then we fell in love. Um... Is anyone here from PETA or bylaw enforcement? I meant to ask that. Okay. Um, just, anyways, so uh, Jamie's mother, actually, who's a, a very, very warm woman I've now known for about a year and a half, uh, likes 
for me to go over the details of how we met again and again because she's still trying to wrap her head around it. Uh, and I'll acknowledge that usually when you meet a man and he kills and dismembers a small animal, it's a bad date. But I have to say that there was something about the experience, while not romantic, that was appealing. You know, there was something very honest about this evening. It was a warm summer evening in an urban backyard, and a man who had cared for chickens for years killed one and served it to his hungry friends. And this struck me as a much more honest experience than all the times I've ever gone to the grocery store and picked out some sort of shrink-wrapped chicken part and lived in relatively blissful ignorance about where it came from. So, of course, the history of chickens is not just my personal history. Chickens and people have been living together for about 3,000 years. These are my Wikipedia facts now. Um, <laughs> and uh, it wasn't actually until the late 19th century that chickens were started being primarily cultivated for eggs and for meat. Uh, interestingly, at the very beginning of their acquaintance with humans, they were bred primarily for fighting, for cockfighting. Um, but anyways, uh, so about the late 19th century, as I said, and uh, particularly in the First and Second World War, people were being encouraged to keep chickens in their backyards, sort of like little clucking victory gardens, I guess. Um, now, the Toronto history of the backyard chicken is a little less quaint. Um, the modern history is sort of muddied with issues of the assimilation of immigrants and also questions about what makes for a good neighbor in a place where people are living shoulder to shoulder. Uh, so just four decades ago, it was actually relatively common to have a chicken or a goat or even a pig living somewhere near you in downtown Toronto. If you wanted to keep any of those things, if you wanted to keep a horse, you could. There was nothing to stop you. Uh, then in the late 1970s, there was a bit of a change. Uh, I read that, and this seems hyperbolic, but I read that dog catchers were being dis dispersed on the streets of Toronto to capture like goats that had run amok, <laughs> which seems like late 1970s, like disco, and I don't know. It just seems sort of weird. But... Um, <laughs> Anyways, also, apparently roosters had become a very unwelcome early alarm clock, and health officials were increasingly concerned about humans and animals living in such close proximity and exactly what that might mean. But there was something else happening, too. In the late 1970s, uh, and I don't have the exact date, but the Globe and Mail reported that most of these barnyard incidents were happening in what they were referred to as ethnic neighborhoods. They were primarily referring to Kensington Market, the Chinese, the Jews, the Italians, and the surrounding Portuguese neighborhood. Uh, so Kensington in the late 1970s, I know Kensington now is a very quaint place, and it's a good place to go for like a $5 muffin and things like that. But then it was open air abattoirs, uh, cages upon cages of live animals, and you could have a live chicken butchered right in front of you which, as I've told my boyfriend's mother several times, is actually a really good way to meet people. <laughs> uh, so by the early 1980s, there were demands for change. Uh, interestingly, in response to petitions to, to enforce some sort of bylaw against farm animals, Jack Layton and Joe Pantalone uh, stood alone with the Kensington community in um, resisting the ban and citing some sort of cultural privilege 
But generally, so the tide of sentiment had turned. And Neighborhoods Community Chair Dorothy Thomas sort of struck the majority opinion when she said, how is wringing a chicken's neck an expression of cultural diversity? Uh, supermarkets, of course, had been carrying eggs and pristine featherless carcasses since the 1950s. So there were questions about who were these people who were resisting the tidy conveniences of modern life? And in 1983, a ban was passed. Now, three decades later, uh, chi backyard chickens are arguably making a comeback. Um, <laughs> sometimes when you write these things down, you're like, that's punchy, but... <laughs> uh, anyways, um, so first of all, keeping the backyard chicken, to get into the pragmatic stuff, first of all, they're very easy to keep. If you want to buy a layer, so a hen, that'll give you two to three years worth of about six eggs a week, it costs you $15. I know, take you like a drive, you have to find some hippies in the countryside who will sell what you want, but other than that, it's actually relatively effort-free. Um, they're relatively cheap to feed. I mean, you have to buy like pellets for them, which you can get at like a tractor supply company. Uh, they eat a lot of scraps. Almost everything that would go into our compost bin goes to our chicken. Uh, they're relatively hardy, so even in a Toronto winter, they can stay outside. We have an egg glue for ours, which is sort of <laughs> like very twee and ridiculous. Um, but it's like essentially an insulated coop with a run, an animal-proof run. Um, and I guess in addition to the sort of more pragmatic aspects of owning a chicken, which are actually very simple and, rel and really require just about 10 minutes of maintenance a day, less than the dog, um, it's hard to express the pleasure of walking out into your own backyard and plucking a still warm egg out of a coop. Um, I think that the idea of being able to provide sustenance for yourself at a time when almost everything comes wrapped in plastic has become a bit of a magical property. You know, I, I, I think people grow ro you know, rosemary bushes and their eyes well up with, when they see the result because you can't believe you're doing this in the city. Um, and I will say that even though the chicken and I clearly have our differences, I still am struck with such a sense of awe and amazement when I take an egg back into the house and crack it into a bowl and see a perfect orange yolk. Um, now, I spoke to Jan Kenk, who is a documentary filmmaker in Toronto, and he made a movie called Crackdown, which is about the keeping of backyard chickens. And I asked him about people's motivations for keeping these chickens, and he said that they were varied, but that the key reason was access simply access to fresh, organic food that people had total control over. Um, now, I'll remind you that I and my fellow chicken keepers are essentially fugitives. But we have been largely motivated by uh, what we've read about the horrors of factory farming. I mean, it's like neato to keep a chicken. But it's also the fact that, you know, we've, regulation doesn't seem to work. Very rarely does a month or two pass by when we don't hear a massive outbreak of food-borne illness. Uh, and I think that these things, the 100-mile diet, eating organic, Michael Pollan, Fast Food Nation, they've sort of reached a bit of a critical mass, and people are looking for a way to do it on their own. Now, in Seattle, Portland, and New York City, you can keep a backyard chicken. In Niagara Falls, Brampton, Guelph, Kingston, Victoria, Vancouver, and Surrey, you can keep a backyard chicken. 
In Toronto, if you keep a backyard chicken and somebody catches you, it's $300. And loss of the chicken, I assume. Um, <laughs> and though recent efforts have been uh, overturned or rebuffed, two councillors in Toronto are actually, uh, have actually put forth a motion to have a study of backyard chickens um, that I believe is going to be addressed next in February. It's already been pushed back once. It may be pushed back again. Um, but the idea is basically that this is a concept that has resurfaced. After many decades of being dormant, it's something that has come back around again and has become very timely. Um, I don't know how many people keep chickens in Toronto, partly because it's, it's hard to find information about an activity that's underground. But I do know that the Canadian Liberated Urban Chicken Club, or <laughs> Cluck, um, now has 28 chapters. Um, and one of the things I actually find about this new movement that I'm sort of, I guess, a part of, uh, although I never really thought of it as a movement before I started researching this, uh, is that this movement, which is, increasingly, which is increasingly seen in a positive light, is now not being driven by immigrants who maybe want to keep their expenses down or retain some of their traditional life but mostly by privileged young people who are tending chickens when they're not in like knitting clutches or foraging for scapes for their locavore restaurants. And the fact that we might be listened to a little more than the immigrants before us is kind of problematic. Um, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Something to think about. Um, I've heard uh, chickens referred to before as pets with benefits, which <laughs> I really, really like. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm hoping I know what that means. I think, <laughs> I think it means the eggs. But, um, and I do love having fresh eggs. There is nothing like it. And I also like doing something that's vaguely illegal and mostly harmless, and that George Mammoliti is on the record as hating. Um, but then our chicken stopped laying eggs. And now when I look out the window, I just see a bird in a cage, and it's such a bummer. Uh, so on Wednesday, our chicken is going to live on an organic farm in the Kawarthas. I think, now she actually is. It's not like when I was seven and the dog was sick. <laughs> and my parents were like, oh, he's gonna go live on a farm and it's run by a vet and there's, he's gonna be able to chase rabbits and dig holes. And I was like, I can't believe how well this worked out for everybody. <laughs> um, the chicken is actually going to a farm in the Kawarthas. Uh, Provided that we can get the hippies to come and pick her up because they keep forgetting. But they do always remember to invite us to their harvest moon party. Um, <laughs> anyways, even though the story of this particular chicken is not necessarily a completely happy one, um, I think we're going to try again. Uh, I think in the summer, we're going to drive out to Prince Edward County, and we're going to go to the beach, and we're going to get some ice cream, and we're going to come home with a chicken and see if we love this chicken. And I don't know if I'll love this chicken, um, but I'll try my best.
And I do know one thing, that after you've had a fresh egg, after you've been able to grow something, something in your control, something in your backyard, something that you know from start to finish, going to the supermarket for eggs feels like a defeat, less than a convenience. More than a convenience. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Sarah Kalevin, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the Trampoline Hall Podcast. I'm Misha Goldman. Up next, the Q&A. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Are there, are there any questions? Any questions? Uh, I'll go to uh, yes, you over there. You, sir. You, sir. Um, when you after the chickens lay the egg and you go to collect it, does it like protect the egg or just give it up freely? Or? Gives it up freely. Very often they lay in the coop on a little bit of straw, um, and then uh, they're they are usually out. She's usually out in the run before before I go to pick it up. So they've never they've never contested the taking of the egg in any way. So you just I take don't even the egg. have to. I do it flagrantly. I don't the even have to sneak it. So the chickens just like, hey, look what I made you. Yeah. Like it well, does not. She's like. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Wow. Yeah, she just tries to bake things, but the egg is the only thing she's been able to do. Wow. All right. Okay. Um, uh, I had to come back to that. Yes. 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 Uh, do you know anything? Why eggs are you know brown or white, and why the yolks are orange or yellow? Or... Why is every? I'm going to summarize. Why is every part of the egg the color that it is? <laughs> God. No. Um, I have heard, and I don't know if this is true, but I have heard that it depends on the color of the chicken. So white chickens produce white eggs and brown chickens produce brown eggs. But I also sort of feel like the person who told me that was fucking with me. (laughs) So so I don't know. (laughs) Does anyone know? Is there a... a, Yeah, you know. It's what you feed them. Oh, so if you... Oh, wait, the yolk depends on what you feed them, but the yolk's always yellow, isn't it? No, No, people are like, orange, bright orange. Stupid Misha. Um... (laughs) Wait, what are the what are the what are the other colors? Orangish yellow. There's red yolk eggs. There are red yolk eggs. I'm sorry, I'm completely thrown off by this. So, so the the color of the yolk depends on what. There are green eggs in fiction or bad eggs that you paint green, but they're not naturally green, are they? All right, okay. Um, uh, but no, okay. So, so the yolk depends on what you feed them. Does anyone know? Does anyone know the answer of what the, what the shell color comes from? Yes, who knows what? The color of the chicken. <laughs> it is the color of the chicken. What's that? You go to the Royal Winter Fair and you learn this. Okay. It's the breed of the chicken, which in turn determines the color of the chicken. Is that fair? Is that true? Ish. Okay. All right. So, all right. Okay. Oh, I did actually, I learned in my research, I didn't include it 
because I was worried about time, but Martha Stewart apparently has is like chicken crazy. And when she introduced her first line of paints, all the paint colors were based on the like pastel shell colors of her chickens. <laughs> so I guess they come in beautiful. Ours are brown, but I guess they come in really beautiful colors. Very nice color, right? Okay. What color uh, is your yes, chicken? Yes, our chicken is red. She's a leghorn, and she's like, oh, God, beautiful. She's quite good-looking. Um, I don't know if you can see. But <laughs> um, <laughs> she's, got, she's got very, like, reddish-brown, um, a reddish-brown, I was going to say a coat, but that's feathers. She has feathers. <laughs> she's a bird. What's she, um, in, what's she in front of here? Oh, that's the coop, the egg oh, the, the egg loop. I saw, you know, I saw the line out of the corner of my eyes, I couldn't really see it, and I thought she was like in a police lineup. <laughs> <laughs> when you were like, this chicken's an asshole, I was like, yeah, yeah obviously, it's, yeah. it's in a lineup. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, so just the coop. This chicken's okay. going away for a uh, long time. Uh, all, all the way in the back, yes, you with your hand up over there, yes. Uh, without divulging too much information, which neighborhood do you live in? Which neighborhood do you live in? Um, Ask the cop near the back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I ask why you're asking? I'm just kidding. Uh, we live around Queen and Bathurst. Why do you ask? Why? Why? Because I want to put a coop in my backyard, but I feel like there's too many neighbors around. Well, this, we have neighbors. I mean, you can actually. I mean, we're right downtown, and uh, we are have neighbors on every side. And I think, uh, you know, there are a lot of myths about chickens. One is that they're dirty. Two is that they're noisy. Uh, they don't have to be dirty. You just have to clean out the coop. Uh, and which means that they're not smelly. Two, they're really not very noisy. I can count on one hand the number of times she's clucked and we could hear it in the house. But the real secret to get your neighbors on side is to give them some of the eggs. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. So there, there's the answer. All right. Um, uh, yes, you, ma'am. Yes. Are chickens social animals and will they produce more eggs? Are they social animals? Oh, do they produce more eggs that's, from being around other chickens? Like, they just get more productive, you mean? That's a good yeah. question. I don't know about egg production. I, I have read that they are social chickens, and I actually read this one thing that was sort of apropos of nothing that said that chickens are very good with children with disabilities. And I have no idea what that means. Yeah, what does that mean? But <laughs> I have no idea, which I didn't include that, because it doesn't make any what, sense to me. Um, we, I do sometimes worry that the chicken is lonely and that she would maybe be more pleasant if she had lots of chickens around. Uh, but... <laughs> but what can you do? Right? <laughs> Instead, not... we're just going to send her to a farm. <laughs> now, now, wait, now, now, I assume you send her to a farm. And I, I know, I, I say this, I didn't even know there were red egg yolks, so obviously I'm not an expert on this. But I assume that the reason you're not eating her is because she's a different kind of chicken. Is that right? That the... No, that's not right. The oh. reason... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, the re- I didn't mention it, but the reason we're not eating her is because she would taste terrible. Um, I, you, she's you, about like three years old now, I think. Okay. And uh, so the other part of the story of when I, my boyfriend killed a chicken and we ate it is that we ordered pizza that night because the chicken was so terrible. It was oh. like a three... I would think that chicken was like two or three years old. It was like chicken gum. It was like you chew and chew and chew and chew. And it was terrible. Um, and it's like everyone has tried yeah. chicken gum. Yeah. Yeah. I, recommend like, I, did not, I did not like um, that gum. So we tried to make Kako Van, and she like stewed and stewed and stewed, and it, it didn't work. So that's an interesting lesson to me, is that there's nothing more delicious than an egg that you harvest yourself, yes. and nothing more horrible than a chicken <laughs> that you buy from hippies and kill on your own. Absolutely. Right, so that's interesting. So it's not like, it's not some general principle, it's just, it's no, different depending no. on the thing. Okay, that's good to know. 
Um, uh, uh, yes, you, ma'am, yes. Uh, what do you do about predators like uh, raccoons? The question is, what about predators like raccoons and things? Uh, yeah, that's a real concern, and we've seen... There are cats in our backyard, and we've seen raccoons, um, but the igloo that we have, it's, it's like animal-proof. Allegedly animal-proof. So far as I could tell, uh, an animal has never been able to get in. And we actually have a dog, and the igloo is so good that he's not even noticed yet that we have chickens. <laughs> so... Well, it's, it's not what, very bright, but... What is, is the igloo... I, I imagine... When I picture the igloo, I imagine it's an igloo made of very cold eggs, which I assume it isn't. So is it... What is it? Is it like a... So it basically looks like a chicken... It's like Swedish modern chicken coop. Although I think it was... Mm. I believe it was made in the UK. But it's like very good-looking, very expensive housing for the modern chicken. How much, how much is the igloo? Uh, I think... You need to ask my boyfriend. Where's Can you yell boyfriend? it out, Jamie? Where is it? 500 bucks. <laughs> But think of the egg savings. <laughs> the egg savings, it's true. It's true, because an egg, an egg does, after all, cost, like, what, 20 cents or whatever. Yeah, so, yeah. so all you have so to do that, is eat 1,000 yeah, eggs. 40 more years will have totally paid that off. So it's 15 cents. So Because originally it sounded pretty good. It was 15 bucks for the chicken. But then it's 500 bucks for yeah. the igloo. And then presumably the fines. Presumably the numerous fines. Yeah. So as, as a money-saving thing, it's not, it hasn't. Yeah. That's not the only reason we do it. No, no, of course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> also. Uh, uh, yes, yes. Yeah, I've uh, grown up with chickens ever since I was a boy. I'm one of those children of immigrants who had chickens in the backyard. They never had an egg move, by the way. <laughs> sure. As a child of immigrants, he laughs at the egg loo, just for those, for those who didn't hear. It is. It's very fancy. Yeah. My question is, what was the main driver for banning chickens? Chickens don't, you know, cock-a-doodle-doo in the morning. They could have banned roosters and not the chickens. So yeah, the question is, so the question is why was, do they ban chickens given that it's the roosters who are the real problem? Uh, from my understanding, it was sort of a blanket, uh, a blanket like farm animal ban. So they didn't actually really dis distinguish. So at the same time as they banned all chickens, they banned pigs and goats and horses and anything that sort of came under the category of livestock. And I will say that in my research, I found that most of the municipalities that now allow chickens still do not allow roosters. They, distinct, they now distinguish in new legislation if they, even if they didn't previously. What about goats? Do they allow goats? I don't think so. I so just chickens. Just That's chick it. That's the only <laughs> just thing. Just chickens. I can't think they're of it. Like, I didn't read anything about goat. They're husbandry. like, this whole law was a good idea, except for the chickens. They're right. like, you still, <laughs> you can't have a cow in your apartment. You can't have pigs. You can't. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. Okay. No, right. not so far as I know, but there could be a mass, a groundswell movement. Okay. All right. Um, uh, 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 yes, I see a hand over there. Yes. Did you name your chicken? Did you name your chicken? No. Ah. <laughs> Why, why did you ask? I, I, I figured if you were going to kill it, you may not name it. Mm. And if you were going to let it go on a farm, you may have. So you thought maybe since they yeah. were going to let it live, they would have given it a name. But you... I think... I think it's uh, several reasons. One, I think you're right because it's sort of like, it's almost like a service animal. But not, well, it's not like a service animal. Like, I feel like I would name a you seeing eye dog. <laughs> but <laughs> that's, that's kind of you. <laughs> but... <laughs> um, I don't know. I think it's partly because we knew we might kill it and partly because partly because it seemed very removed. I, like, and I never developed any kind of affection for it. And I really, like, I remember when I went over for the initial chicken killing and uh, I, I knew that I wasn't sure how it was going to make me feel. I was kind of like, this could be the night that I stop eating meat forever. I've never seen an animal killed. Um, my brother, when I talked to him right before I went over, was like, you are going to come home with a pet chicken that you've stolen from this man's <laughs> house. Um, 
But I just never, uh, somewhat to my disappointment, developed any kind of feelings for the chicken. I just like, I look at it and I'm still hungry. I don't, <laughs> it, it doesn't move me in any way except for like, except for its very functional uh, associations of eggs and meat. But maybe you had you named it. Then you maybe. would. <laughs> <laughs> it's but yeah, so it's, that's interesting. It's like, it's not, it's not a pet. It's not something that like you love, no. you have feelings for. It's like this kind of cool thing. No, and I read, I actually, um, I read a lot about women who have had and loved chickens, like really intimate stories of like mouth-to-beak resuscitation when, you know, the chicken is having problems breathing or like the, the Duchess of Devonshire, who, um, one of the, who's one of the Mitford sisters, she has always kept chickens and on her memoir, she's got like a chicken in each arm. And uh, she has a great story about when Oscar de la Renta came for dinner, as I guess he does, um, she incorporated some of her like favorite chickens into the table's centerpiece. Like, what, what do you mean, like, like they had like as a live sort of like in a tableau vivant? Kind they of were, thing, I or? believe, yeah. Well, they were still live. They were in like glass cubes. I don't know how happy they were in there, but they were like scratching away on the table while Oscar de la Renta was eating. Probably, I don't know, chicken, maybe. That's awesome. That's, that seems nice. That seems all right to me. You could, you could do that with any pet. You could do that with a dog or a cat. Or yeah. Do you, have you guys, I'm curious now, because when you start off, have you guys, I'll just come, have you guys done any other, after that initial encounter, have you guys done any other killing? Yes, we killed one other chicken. You've killed one, okay. Uh, and it was a suspected rooster, and we, uh, well, because, yeah. It was, yeah, this is the mugshot of that chicken. Um, no, it was a suspected rooster. Chickens are incredibly hard to sex. There are very few people who know how to sex chickens, and the hippies who have brought us chickens don't know how to sex them, so they're like, these really? look like hens, but this one actually was starting to look like a rooster, and if you have a rooster with hens, sometimes they get very aggressive. They can, of course, be noisy, so we thought we would nip it in the bug, bud and kill it, and it was also terrible. Terrible to eat. Terrible to eat, All yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. The killing was not... I mean, the killing is not amazing, like, <laughs> so the killing, <laughs> the killing was so-so, but the taste was yes. very bad. Yes. Killing, yeah. It's actually, Six out of exact, ten, That is two out unfortunately of ten. exactly right, and now I feel like I've revealed too much. Um, yeah, the killing is unpleasant, um, but it feels necessary. But there's at least exhilarating or something. <laughs> I'm, just guess, I'm just guessing. When you drink the blood directly from the... No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, no. <laughs> Um, no, it's not pleasant. It's not a pleasant thing to kill an animal, but there's something about it that just feels... Right. I, I don't know. Because yeah, I eat I them. Know. I mean, I eat them, all, I, I, I eat them all the time. I don't feel bad that someone else yeah. killed them. I don't... I don't it's a, it's, yeah, a, we, it's like one of those things, too, I think, because if you are going to eat meat, I feel like uh, it's better to... Part, not necessarily to participate in the killing of an animal, but to sort of see what it actually means. Right, I to mean, face up to what, you're, to what you're doing, not have yeah, it be is, so distant from This you, is what so. ends up in the grocery store, right? Yeah. I mean, pro probably, like, killed in batches of, like, 400 and yeah. by some robot somewhere, but, <laughs> you know, I mean, this is, this is ultimately what it's about. If you eat an animal, you've killed an animal. Right. And so while it's not necessarily pleasant to kill an animal and you're very aware of... It, the, the, the life draining out of this animal. Um, I don't know. I guess maybe because I've made peace with meat, it doesn't feel that traumatic to me. Right, because you've thought it through and like it's not like, it's not yeah. like you're sitting there pretending that this isn't, isn't what you're doing. Even when you order food yes. in a restaurant, you're, your eyes are open to what it is that you're doing and you can yes. do that. And, like, okay. and because I don't really like the chickens. 
<laughs> so it's actually easier if you come to develop a personal animosity toward yeah. the particular animal. Yeah. You're like, I'm glad they killed that fucking chicken. Yeah. Like, you're like, <laughs> like it's, they're not even neutral on it. Yeah. You're like, good, good riddance, bad. Yeah, let's bad do it chicken. painfully. Oh, yes, you were there, yeah. Do you use the eggs for anything else other than eating? Like what? What would you suggest? Beauty or cleaning. Like beauty or cleaning? Uh, oh. Do you have like an egg no. surplus that you're trying to <laughs> that you're trying to get rid of? I wash my hair with eggs. You wash your hair with eggs. Yeah. I've heard about using egg as like a face mask, but I've never done it. But I don't really know about any of the applications. We mostly make like omelets and stuff. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Which you could, you could put on your face. Maybe you that's what you hadn't thought of was omelets. When you thought of eating them, you're like, oh, right, you can make an, you can make an omelet out of eggs. Right. I don't know why it seems somehow crueler to me to, like, steal a creature's unborn, to, like, nourish yourself sort of seems okay, but to clean their unborn so you'll have shinier hair seems weird to me. And I don't know, yeah. I don't, again, I don't know why. It doesn't say, I know it's not, yes, you, sir. How do you kill a chicken? How do you kill the chicken? How, how have you, um, well, these two chickens, how are they killed? Uh, well, you... The two chickens that we've killed, uh, is, it's involved a very, very sharp knife um, and a slitting. It's, sorry, I know some people are squeamish. Uh, slitting its throat and, uh, and then chopping off the head and draining the blood. And then you uh, place it in a, a pot, a big pot of a very hot water. And it sits in there for a little while. And I mean, it's already well dead, but it uh, sits in there for a little while. And then you can pluck the feathers off. This seems like a good time to mention that the kitchen is actually open uh, here at the garrison, and they have a variety of uh, different tacos and stuff that are available, which you can order on the break. And so maybe we'll wrap it up there. Ladies and gentlemen, Sarah Trelevin, ladies and gentlemen. Trampoline Hall was created in Toronto in the 21st century by Sheila Hetty and is hosted by me. This episode's lecture was chosen by Erica Capito. The podcast is produced by Josh Block. Our theme music was composed by Matt Smith. Trampoline Hall is a sumo audio podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can also find us on Twitter or Facebook. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a review or positive rating on iTunes. It really helps a lot. It helps us reach more listeners. I'm Misha Globerman. Thanks for listening. are on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. 
with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.